Well, I finished Designing Women. Cover to cover? Yep, and now I've started season one again. You just started it over? There's some problems. <laughs> what are the problems? It's a little, it's a little dated. <laughs> There's some problems where I'm like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't say that. But they get on track eventually. Oh, Delta Burke. Oh, Dixie Carter. Are they alive? Dixie Carter is sadly no longer with us, okay. but Delta is alive and well. Okay. She just has a new face. <laughs> and that's our show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to I Think Not, where we love to talk about problematic television of our youth <laughs> and see how it doesn't really age right. I'm Ellen, and across from me is old blue eyes over there. How you doing? I'm Jay Train type. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to I Think Not, the podcast where we recap all of your favorite true crime TV shows episode by episode, and today is no exception. I guess we're starting with season one, episode one of Designing Women. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not, but I need new shows. Give me new shows. There's so many shows. I don't have the time for new shows. Have, have you watched The Office? Gilmore Girls, perhaps? I, I cannot. No offense. I know that there's people who are diehard Gilmore Girls fans. I just, I can't do it. Because you don't like women? Why does it always come to this? <laughs> I'm the biggest advocate for women. I love women. I know women. I work I with a woman. I love women. <laughs> if you would like more of this nonsense, please join us over on the Patreon. This Halloween, we are giving our Hallelujah What's It To You tea. We're giving you Scream 1, 2, and 3, but apparently there's 6. There's 45 of them now. Well, we're doing watch parties over there and Swamp Talk. We have bonus episodes on our lowest tier. You get four bonus episodes a week all the way up to our $15 tier. Not a week, honey. Could you imagine? Four bonus episodes a week. We're very busy over here at ITN. We've got 25 jobs. We've got 25 jobs. We're recapping everything. We'll recap your fucking local news if you want us to. Okay? Give us a microphone and something to talk about and we'll talk into it. And he's gay. I'm sorry. He's blind. By the time they hear this, we will have been to Obsess Fest. How yeah. was it? How was our live show? Hot. Texas is hot. Y'all, if you come to see our live show, which we will be going on tour soon, don't you worry. Joey has edited some hilarious videos. I don't want to spoil it, but Designing Women does make an appearance. It does. Yeah. Should we get to the episode? Yes, we should. Y'all, we're still on frogging. We have four episodes of this, and it's not stopping, and it's not getting any less scary. I realize I do have an attic in this house. Oh, yeah. Can't stop, won't stop. There's plenty of places for a person to hide and live in your house without you knowing in this place. Yeah, mostly under the shade of my Grand Tetons. <laughs> Season one, episode three, Living Among Us, because that is what a frogger does. She said to me, Mommy, there's someone in the closet. This story has become like a legend. It could have been all axe murdered. There were two perfect footprints of a shoe on the wall. I hear someone behind me say, oh, I was wondering when I get to meet the people that live here. I heard them doing the countdown and saying, we're gonna let the dog loose. My house is a crime scene. Every episode is broken down into two stories, and the first story is called Bad Santa. Bad Santa! Bad Santa! It is 2008, and we meet Stacy Terrence, who was living in Plains, Pennsylvania, with her three kids, 14-year-old Corey, 11-year-old Alyssa, and 4-year-old Courtney. And it's Christmas time, y'all, where on this show, I'll be home for Christmas is more like, I'll fuck up your home for Christmas. You can count on me. 
I'll live in your floor and I'll shit outside your door and pee pee under the tree. I wrote that myself. That's great. I, I can't wait for it to come out on Spotify. And Stacy says Christmas was very special. It was a very happy time. Getting the porch ready, making sure that the Christmas lights are on, decorating, putting up the snowman, putting up the Santa Clauses, putting the Christmas tree up, wrapping presents and hiding presents, keeping everything a big secret. I can just imagine the director being like, Stacy, just like list all the things. And then she keeps going. She's like making hot cocoa, snuggling, being warm, hanging the mistletoe, drinking the little much too much conquito at the office party and then <laughs> carrying the mistletoe around and open mouth kissing all the guys in HR. She's like, I can keep going. Oh, yeah. My list would not be great. Cussing out my racist aunt. Yeah. Being reminded constantly that my dad's dead. Yeah. Remembering that my brothers are annoying. Remembering why all the reasons I didn't want to have kids. Remembering that I'm single again. Should I keep going? I mean, why not? Christmas (laughs) time is here. And then we meet Alyssa, Stacy's daughter. And she says, Christmas for my mom was very important. And then I just imagine Alyssa being like, did my mom tell you the Conquito story from the (laughs) office? Yeah, she she loves that one. It's super embarrassing. Yeah, you know what Christmas reminds me? Oh, boy. Kids are rotten. Yeah. They ask for too much. They give too little. Fuck them. That's why I say this Christmas, cuss your kids out. (laughs) Is that too much to ask? (laughs) Cuss him if you got him. How was your Christmas? Great. My dad, Joey, like, really cussed me out hard, though. (laughs) We moved into this house about three years prior to 2008. The street that I lived on was a dead-end road. Our house is a double block, so it was two regular houses just put together. So the neighbors were directly on the other side of the wall. And in this particular house, the attic was shared. Well, essentially, it's two homes next to each other. It's what we call in New Orleans a shotgun house. Okay. In New York, I think they call them railroad homes. I think they call them (laughs) semi-detached. Right? Semi? Did I say semi? Isn't it semi-detached? What? What is it called? Did I ever tell you that I have a semi-detached testicle? (laughs) I don't know. Basically, it's two houses that are next door to each other and, yes, share an attic. Being a single parent, life was very hectic. There was two teenagers in the house, kids constantly at the house. It was chaos. Christmas break, it's fun. There's children, there's their friends. Our house was always the one that the friends came to, and my mom was always so welcoming of all of our friends. Did you have a friend that had, like, the hangout house, like the cool parents with the good snacks and the barbecue, maybe a pool? Like, for me, it was the Kleises. Who was yours? Okay, so ours was the Yeggers, who yeah. lived behind me, and I used to sneak out of their house. Any relation to the Meister? No, none, okay. none whatsoever. And I used to sneak out of my house at around midnight and go to their house, and they knew that I had a very strict home, and they just would let me come over, and we jumped on the trampoline until we said set it on fire for another podcast yeah. and we would break into their liquor cabinet. Yeah, the, the cool house. Like everybody, yeah. it was the house where it was like, we're not a regular mom, we're a cool mom. If you drink, you have to sleep over. Yeah. And they always had food. Like the Kleist, I was like, do you guys live at a Costco? There's always snacks here. Now we're not saying that Stacy's house was the drinking house, but we're just saying she was like, I want my kids to have fun and like let their friends hang out. But I like doing that. I like having Lola's friends here so I can like keep an eye on them and I'm, I know what's happening. And to that I say, don't bring a child even to my doorstep. Right. Do you remember what my mat says? Get the fuck out of here. So it just says go away and there's a cat giving the, the finger. The middle finger. Yes. Yeah. Everybody swing by Joey's house. It's a fucking blast. <laughs> so we arrive on December 15th, 2008. I come home from work. 
to open up the refrigerator to get a glass of soda. I want me a nice Crystal Pepsi. Remember Crystal Pepsi? Yes, and I'm happy that it managed to just disappear. Like it went away, sort of like, you know, my dad, and it, no warning. <laughs> it just was like, one day you have Crystal Pepsi, one day you don't, one day you have a dad, the next day is like, where'd that guy go? Remember dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We do that every once in a while. My brothers and I will say, like, remember dad? We're like, where is that guy? (laughs) (laughs) That soda bottle was missing. Then I proceeded to go to the cabinet to get the extra soda, and all of the soda was missing. I immediately blamed the children. I just thought maybe their friends came over, they had drank it all, never thought anything else about it. And that's what happens when you have a bunch of kids. You don't keep track of everything. I have one kid, and I'm like, did we eat all the granola bars? I mean, it it has to be the kids. Who else could it be other than, I don't know. Frogger. Gilbert! (laughs) I hate Crystal Pepsi! It tastes like goblin piss! (laughs) I did each child if they had drank the soda or if they've seen the soda. I got the answer of, wasn't me. I didn't do it. My brother Corey and I insisted we did not drink all of the soda, but five bottles were gone. Stacy, number one, why do you have five bottles of soda? Let me ask you something. What? If you have to drink soda, I'm not talking about sparkling water, what's your go-to? It goes like this. It goes Diet Coke, but if you go to a restaurant and they say, we have Pepsi, I say, I'll have water. Oh. Got it. You hate Pepsi that much. Yep. You know who else hated Pepsi but did a commercial for him? Who? Britney Spears. Did she? Oh, she hated Pepsi. And now she's dancing with knives on Instagram. (laughs) So, um... (laughs) So really, who won? I'm kidding. I love you, Britney. I think she listens. She's on the five. Yeah. (laughs) One day, Alyssa had asked me if I had washed a pair of her pants and shirt, and I knew that I didn't have anything in the washer or dryer. When Alyssa didn't find her clothes, I just assumed she left them over one of her friend's house. This is what kids do. I was definitely mad at my mom when she accused me of losing this outfit because it was my favorite outfit. There was no way I lost it. Where's my colorly shirt from Fred Siegel? <laughs> um, thank you. Anybody? Anyone? But her favorite outfit was missing. And of course the mom is like, kids lose shit all the time. And she's like, maybe I am a single mother of three. It is Christmas. You know I got that elf on the shelf to contend with. I have not done laundry since Labor Day, babe. Go find another outfit to wear. I do the same thing to this day. I don't know what I have. I am a grown woman and I don't know half the things I have. I open a bag that like I used last Last summer, and I'm like, oh, Christmas. <laughs> I, I had a problem with cash. I would just put on a pair of jeans and be like, that's $10. Yeah. I'm rich. I had a friend that was the same way with chapsticks. It's all fun and games until you wash your clothes with a fucking blistex. Or poppers. A few days before Christmas, Courtney and I were in bed watching a movie. I had fallen asleep, and Courtney had woke me up in the middle of the night, and she said to me, Mommy, there's someone in the closet. Y'all, this reenactment freaked me out. Pause this and go watch this episode. Lord Jesus, I had to pause it. And I consoled her, put my arm around her, and I told her she was just having a bad dream and let's go back to bed. No, honey. Mm -mm. It's not a dream. It's a fucking nightmare. It's a nightmare you can't wake up from because it's real life. It's happening. Little Courtney is trying to save your ass and you're telling her that she's somewhere in a dream. Nope. You know who else is in dreams? Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, always in the dreams. No, he's not, because I'm going to be packing my bags and three scoots to the airport hojo. Okay? 
We're not staying here. Pack your bags, Courtney. Yeah, we are going to the Hojo. Where's the nearest one? Or you better learn jujitsu in your dreams like that one woman did in Nightmare um, on Elm Street. Wow, I was going to say the Nightmare Before Christmas. Do you remember DJ Jazzy Jeff's song about Freddy Krueger? No. Nightmare on My Street? But when I got home and laid down to sleep, that began the nightmare on my street. The 80s are wild. The 90s are wild. They're all wild. Our family tradition every Christmas Eve was to let the kids open one present of their choice from underneath the tree. We all ran downstairs and then I opened the gift up that I picked and it was the MP3 player that I had been asking for for months. Oh, do you guys know? The First of all, the first iPod was a bitch of a brick. Did oh, yeah. you have that first iPod? Oh, yeah. But a thousand songs? It was like a unicorn with headphones. Oh, yeah. When the iPod came out and we were not carrying around Discman anymore, it was like... Revolutionary. Oh, my God. Just put on some puka shells and grab an iPod touch and... <laughs> It was it was wild. It was a wild time in like the mid-aughts. It was like, I can put a thousand, I don't even know a thousand songs. I can put a thousand songs. It was wild. Some guy would show up at your school with snakes. No one knew who he was, but we would sit and play with snakes. It was a wild time. Who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? What are you even talking about? What a journey we just went on. How did we start talking about snakes? Remember when like you were at school and someone would just like show up with the snakes and like animals and you're like, what are we doing in like the church hall looking at animals? I mean, we didn't have that at my school. Do you remember when you would put a tape in the VHS player and literally the FBI would threaten your life if yeah. you made it? The FBI came on our screen and they were like, if you fucking dare to make a copy of Howard the Duck, so help me fucking God. Do you remember? It was a war. It was I so do scary. Remember. Do you remember going to school and being called a faggot? So it's 2008. <laughs> I was so excited. I gave my mom a big hug and I was ready to use it right then and there. My mom plugged it into our computer and she let it charge so I could use it later on. After we had opened up some presents, we then put our Christmas pajamas on and it was bedtime. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. I call the bell sweet silver bells, all seem to say through, cause I wear Christmas Will this turn into a good morning? Not on this show. It's Christmas morning, and everything goes haywire. The kids are opening up their presents. We're all sitting around the Christmas tree. Then we get everybody ready. We go and visit my parents. We were there for a few hours. And when we got back to the house, we saw that my MP3 player that we had plugged in was just gone. We asked Courtney, thinking that she had moved it somewhere. She doesn't know what we're talking about. Poor little Courtney is like, don't look at me. The other night I told you there was a man in the closet. You told me I was dreaming. So maybe you dreamt that you plugged that iPod in. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Courtney's just like the savage little kid. <laughs> Courtney, take your break. We were getting ready to go to another family's house and we went to go pick up our Christmas cards and all of the cards were missing. And so was the money that was inside the cards. At that point, we stopped everything that we were doing because we had felt like something was happening and we just didn't know what was happening. I immediately called the police. Cops come in, they're like, 
I mean, okay, there's no forced entry. They looked around the house. The poor kids are like, it's Christmas. Why are there cops here? And they were like, there's nothing they can do. So I guess we're going to go to our family's house. Somebody grab some shit we got from the neighbors, rewrap that, re-gift that fruitcake, and let's go. Yeah. Before they leave, Mama Stacy was like, I had made sure I didn't just double check, but I triple checked that the windows were locked. We had chains on the backs of the doors, made sure that they were all locked and just made sure that everything was right where I knew where everything was. And after that, we we left. We didn't arrive home until almost midnight, Christmas night. When we came in, I immediately walked into the kitchen. I saw that the chain was undone on our door. And Alyssa had noticed that her charger that was still plugged into the computer for her MP3 player was now gone. And at the same time, Corey had said to me, Mom, your laptop is missing. What in the Chelsea's Deo is happening in this house? (laughs) Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Where the fuck is my nano? (laughs) Nothing looked broken. Again, there was no forced entry other than that chain being off the chain thingamabobber. So she's like, what is it? The chain hook? The hook thingamajiggy. Chain, the thingamajigger, the dingle hopper. Yes. So to recap, the money is missing. The charger is missing. The nano is missing. And the laptop is missing. And the chain is off the thingamabobber. Goodbye. Christmas night, we called 911. Again, the police came. They did a full report. Again, no sign of forced entry. I was a little scared. I was a little frightened. I then packed up the kids and we left and we went and stayed with family that night. The day after Christmas, I went back to my house. I was getting ready for work. I got a phone call from a family member. They asked, is there someone that could have possibly come in? I said, I don't know. Because there was no forced entry, I definitely thought someone had a key to my house. So at that time, the locks were being changed You know, at that point, my family member told me, hey, why don't you check the attic? And I said, there's no way that you can even get up in that attic. There's no way. Y'all, the attic runs the full length of the second story. So it's over everyone's bedrooms. We're talking the neighbors and Stacy's. And that entrance is in her closet where... Sweet little Courtney saw a man, but was told that she was dreaming. This is a nightmare. So then Stacy's like, I was in my closet on the phone, checked my clothes. There was nothing. I didn't see anything that didn't belong. At that time, I was turning around to leave. And that's when I noticed there were two perfect footprints of a shoe on the wall. I saw the footprints. I immediately dialed 911 and let them know someone entered my home. Y'all, the cops show up. They basically shut down the whole street. And they don't really find anything. But then the police are like, well, we should go talk to the neighbors. They don't find anything. They go back to Stacy's house. And all of a sudden, the neighbor comes, opens the front door and goes, Hey, are you guys in the attic? I took a step back. The police officer said, No, I'm sorry. Why, what's going on? The neighbor said he had moved his access panel to the attic, and when he pushed up, 
it resisted and someone pushed down. That's when I realized that somebody was really there. Excuse me? Yeah. So the cops bring a ladder up to Stacy's closet. They done thrown everything out of there. Yeah, she's like, careful with my Chico's shirts. Yeah. Those are my good ones. <laughs> I wear those to the mall. The what? The mall. The mall. They couldn't get up there just because it was a very small area. So the canine unit came to the front door. They let the dog go to the top of the ladder. How did that puppy get up the ladder? Is it like a circus dog? It's not hard for them. Really? I mean, cats can go up a ladder, but like I always think of a police dog as being a German shepherd. They just gave it a little boost. They're like, come on, Ollie. (laughs) Up up this, I get whistle. Well, he did. And that dog was like, something's up there. He started barking profusely. So the cops had started yelling and The person in the attic was yelling back. And I heard the cops doing the countdown and saying, we're gonna let the dog loose if you don't come down. He then surrendered. When he came out of the attic, he was definitely disheveled. He he was not fully cleaned. Stacy is so politely trying to say everything but this man is dirty. She's like, he was unwashed. He was unbathed. Girl, it's fine. He's been living in your attic. Just say he's fucking filthy. He's not fully clean. He could have been Pigpen's stand-in on Charlie Brown's Christmas. And Stacey said he did come out wearing my sweatshirt, Alyssa's sweatpants, and my sneakers. Now, reenactment Frogger is wearing a gorgeous J. Crew cable knit sweater. It's beautiful. And royal blue leggings. I was like, those are not sweatpants, my friends. <laughs> and then he was placed in handcuffs in my bedroom. We had been guessing that he was up there for about nine days. And they also discovered he had a makeshift toilet. <laughs> Pull it together. This man had been diggy doing and legating amongst of them all up in that attic. They didn't specify what the makeshift. Oh, you need to stop it. (laughs) I can't. Somebody right Um, now is in their Mazda 626 going, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Then they placed him in the car. His name was Stanley Carter. He's 21 years old and he was from Arkansas. He had been staying with the neighbors for days. They were friends with this guy. The neighbors wanted him to leave. And from what we found out later, he had written a note stating that he had gone for a walk and he never came back. Once they had left with him, they did let us back in the house and they just started handing stuff down from the attic. My laptop came down. The money started to come down. Alyssa's MP3 player came down. Also, they found Stanley's Christmas wish list. How did they know it was Stanley's Christmas wish list? Because it said Stanley's Christmas wish list on it. <laughs> like a little kid. Everything that he had taken was on that list, including Stacy's spare key to her car. Yeah. So the neighbors were very apologetic, and Stacy was like, I was mad. I was upset. I was hurt. Take your apology mm-hmm. and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. There will be no old Lang sign. There will be no old Tannenbaum. What there will be is repercussions. <laughs> repercussions. I don't know what that is. God. Grease 2. I'm not a Grease 2 fan. It didn't slap for me. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to. Looking back, I didn't observe anything that was missing. I didn't recognize it. Putting Courtney back to bed after she had saw someone. 
Alyssa's clothes were missing. The MP3 player was missing, realizing it wasn't their fault. I let someone come into my home. I put my children in danger. That's the way that I felt. Stacy, that man crawled up in your attic and stole your diet, Dr. Pepper. You didn't do anything wrong. Listen, it's hard enough being a single mom of one. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being a single mom of three. Stacy, if you're listening to this, Stop beating yourself up. You could not have changed a thing. So in 2009, Stanley Carter pleaded guilty to burglary theft, receiving stolen property. I don't know what that means. Criminal trespassing and other charges. They're like, and and it's creepy. And the makeshift toilet, just write other charges. Just charge him with something other. Give him two years for shitting in the attic. (laughs) And so Stanley was sentenced nine to 23 months in jail in order to pay $1,640 in restitution. But you know, what that does not bring back all those restless nights yeah. you know what it doesn't alleviate the stress the anxiety the guilt stacy is like i'm looking over my shoulder constantly yeah. still because it's your home it's where you are safe it is such a violation i felt so bad but it turns out stanley carter doesn't have a record since then but he was declared a missing person whoa like he was missing because they think he was in there for about seven to nine days because when they found him they're like oh wait and also you're missing he ain't missing no more. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Mama Stacy, you're doing a great job. We're sending lots of love to you. And I'm I'm sorry that you went through this. Poor Alyssa. I hope you got a new nano, my love. I do too. Well, we're on to our next story called The Secret Roommate. Nope. I nope. don't want a roommate. I don't want a secret roommate. No roommates. No roommates should be secret. So it's 2013 and we meet Brett Muglin. In 2013, I am a senior at Ohio State University studying computer science and engineering. And then we meet his other roommate, Mark Hartman. Brett is my roommate and I've known him for four years. Most of us, we all know each other through engineering. We all are in the same dorm together. We lived next door to our friends and there were about eight of us and on top of that there were two more that wanted to get in on living with us so they started to look for a large house to move into and they found one no that's seven roommates more than i want that is the swampiest stinkiest boyiest no but i'm just gonna defend men for a second which is something i don't normally do great i know some stinky women sure but you know what you'll never find 10 women living together unless it's a sorority house yeah dudes are like can my friend phil stay and they're like yeah and phil's like do you mind if my cousin and Eddie's like boys are just so chill and girls are like no I don't like Heather Heather is such a bitch because she was a bitch to Crustosti and (laughs) we just cannot live with that kind of drama you will never find 10 women living together no and I'm sure with boys are like do you have an extra blanket sure it'll break in half if you try to flip it over we ended up finding a place on 13th Avenue in Columbus Ohio that appeared to be like an old fraternity house of some kind You go in through the back entrance up a steel stairway and into the back of the house hallway on the second floor where there are six bedrooms, three on the left, three on the right. It's just a long wooden floor hallway. And as you keep going on the wall facing you, there is a bathroom. If you were to make a left, there is the laundry area where there's a washing machine and a dryer. How big is this fucking house? It's huge, and you can basically still smell the natty lights and the dry humping in the hallways. Smells like Christmas. Yeah. It's just, can I dry hump you? Uh, 
No, Keegan, get off of me. Take me home. <laughs> so now it's August of 2013, and these dudes have spent their very first night in the house, and they wake up like, yeah, we're going to have pancakes and coffee and just enjoy the space. No, you're not. We walk into the kitchen. Every single cabinet is open. Every single door that someone had access to was open. The fridge, the washing machine, the oven, the dishwasher, everything. My initial thought is that it could be Brett uh, sleepwalking. Brett, were you sleepwalking again? You've been sleepwalking. <laughs> because this house has been ransacked. <laughs> And you ransacked this house while you were sleepwalking. Have you ever watched the sleepwalking scene in Step Brothers? No. It is one of the top three funniest three minutes there has ever been in film. Second being in Wanderlust when Paul Rudd is trying to say he wants to have sex. Oh, yeah. I'm, you want I'm, this dick? Yeah, I, I'm on a dick here. You gonna take that dick, huh? I'm gonna pop off a piece of my dick. Oh yeah, I'm fixin's to fuck you. That movie is so fucking funny. Catherine, what's her name? He Zeta Jones? No, Catherine Hagen. Heigl? Heigl, that's it. Who plays like an ex-porn star hippie when she goes, If I wanted my face covered in lies, I would still be in porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Catherine, I love you. I have a history of sleepwalking. I have been known to get up in the middle of the night and just go to the fridge and open that and leave it open to move things around in the house. I mean, unless you're going to make me Thanksgiving dinner, can you chain yourself to your bed? Wait, do you know my stepdad did that when he had like brain cancer? Got up in the middle of the night and like made a full roast dinner because he was just out of it. And like my mom was laughing. My mom was like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't exactly know. <laughs> and we laughed at it so hard. And then we would like joke and be like, but your tumor made you like a better cook. <laughs> So Brett felt really bad. He would literally turn into Urkel and was like, did I do that? <laughs> Why would anyone want to live with poor Brett? They were like, you guys, let's say we got this house. No one tell Brett because he sleepwalks. Yeah, well, Brett was like, there's no way that I would have been the one to open up all of the different cabinets just because it seemed too planned out and meticulous. I've never done something like that while sleepwalking. But his roommate, Mark, was like, it's Brett. <laughs> it is Brett. <laughs> Brett denies... Uh, that he could have possibly done this, but I was convinced that it was him. And then it's the same thing that we see on all of these episodes. The guys are like, I think we have a ghost. I mean, it it it's it seems like pretty ghostly activity to um, just have strange occurrences like that in your house. So initially, me and Brett didn't believe that there was a ghost in our house, but our roommate did. He is the most fearful of all of us. We just laugh. Um, and kind of, kind of brush it off. But at the same time, we couldn't really explain why all the cabinets were open. So now they're thinking, could there be someone in this house? They start searching the house, starting with the second floor because there's no exit from up there and they're gonna work their way all the way down to the basement. Very clue. Very clue. We get down to the basement and on the landing of the basement, in front of us is a breaker box. There's a door to our right. And then to the left, there is on the far side, a half bathroom. In the half bathroom, there is a cup that has a toothbrush in it. So we start to look around the basement, and it is a very dark, dank basement. There was one room to the right. We walk up to the door and try to jiggle the handle to see if we can get in, because it's the last room that we wanted to clear. It was locked. 
So when we put our ears up to the door to try to hear what was on the other side, we heard like a whirring noise, kind of like a like a computer fan or something. I don't like this show anymore. There is a room in the basement that is a bedroom, and there's a toothbrush in the cup in the bathroom. I don't care who toothbrush it is. I don't care why this door. Get an axe. Axe down the door. Light a match. Burn down the house. Get a crystal ball. Look into your future. It's grim. I'm telling you something's not right. I hate this show. I didn't like this. I liked it better when I was at OA and I didn't have to think for myself. <laughs> Somebody else knew the work. I don't want this. This ain't right. If this was Louisiana, we'd burn down the house. We'd get some snakes, shake them around the house. Get some kind of uh, some incense. Call uh, Cleo for my free reading. Call me now for your free reading. I don't like this. This is a nightmare I didn't ask for. I can't wake up from it. I'm in it. Freddy Krueger's coming. There's knives. Is that Brittany with knives? It's Brittany with knives. I don't like this. Somebody fix it. Jesus? Oh, he's not real. He's not coming. Okay. Mom? Nope. She can't help. Dad? He's dead. Still dead. Okay. Anyway, there's a bedroom that they can't get in. And there's a, there's a fan in there. I hate this show. Oh, God. I just got me so good. <laughs> Oh God! I honestly, I I could just I could just take a break. You take you take it from here, babe. And we just kind of thought to ourselves, well, maybe it's a maintenance room. You know all those houses with those maintenance rooms? They're like, well, this is a lovely three bedroom. There's a lovely terrace, and down there is the maintenance room. Every house has a maintenance room. What happens in the maintenance room? Maintenance. We go- <laughs> uh, well, y'all, they're like, should we call the cops? And they're like, we're scientists. We don't need to call the cops. We see an old door off to the right and it's just leaning up against the wall. So we decide to take this door and barricade the stairwell to the basement shut, and we use a stool to prop it closed so that if there is somebody down there or something down there, that it's not going to get out. Solved that, boys. Solved it all. And that's our show. And so two weeks later, it's the first week of school. I am sitting at my desk working on some homework. And suddenly all the lights in the in my room and my air conditioner just go out. I think to myself, it's probably the breaker. And I remember seeing the breaker box down in the basement. So I go down into the basement and flip the breaker. The house is in poor condition when we move in. So the fact that we had electricity problems uh, wasn't surprising. About a month later, I'm again working on some homework and my power goes out. So just like normal, I go down into the basement to go flip the breaker. When I get down there though, I see that the door that was locked previously is actually open. I poke my head into the door and I see just a normal college bedroom. We're talking a bed with a rug underneath it, a guitar, a desk with books, and a fan. It is a normal bedroom. It is a studio apartment. As I'm looking in the room, I hear someone behind me say, oh, I was wondering when I get to meet the people that live here. My initial reaction to hearing that wasn't to immediately question it, because in my mind, there is that division between the second and third floor and the first floor. I just thought that him saying, I was wondering when I would get to meet the people that live here, 
was more that we had never really officially met our first floor neighbors. He was just part of their lease. But they forgot to mention that there is a man who lives down here in a rogue studio apartment. It makes total sense. Yeah. If I see a strange person in my house, I'm going to be like, do you rent a room in the house that I own? Yeah. I, I guess you do, yeah. Jeremy. His name is Jeremy, and he's like, I go to Ohio State. And Brett is like, of course, they would put someone in that dark basement like that would be the worst room to have. This makes total sense. This is more than fine. This is actually fun. Now we have 11 guys in this house. I mean, truly. And so they have a, a little light chat about him living in the basement. And he says, you know, it's all good. I don't mind living down here. I'm mostly at my girlfriend's house anyway. So Brett heads upstairs where he runs into a roommate, where he tells the roommate <laughs> about the person living in the basement. And that roommate is like, come on my what? Yeah, he's like, hey, bestie. What's going on? How was your chem class today? Mine was great. Did you know there's a guy that just like lives <laughs> in our basement? His name is Jeremy. He goes to Ohio State. Remember how we thought it was a maintenance room and we were all freaked out? No, it's Jeremy's room. And he's cool. He's got a girlfriend and he's got a bunch of stuff and he plays guitar. And Does anyone know Wonderwall? <laughs> that roommate finds that really weird that there's a person in the basement. Shortly after that, I have to go off to marching band practice. And then that roommate decides to call the realty company. The realty company says that no one's supposed to be in the basement. They call the cops. I come back from band practice late that day. I see everybody standing out in the yard. There's police, there's the landlord. The police go down there and broke the door down. Inside, they find somebody's living quarters. He had a bed, he had a dresser. Mark tells us the list of things that are in the room again. It was like the director was like, hey, Brett already told us the list of things, but we're like 45 seconds shy of this episode. So can you tell us more things? He's like, sure, sure, sure. I got you. So there's a, a lamp and a boom box. More. Um, there's floss. Uh-huh. There's uh, some noxema. Uh-huh. There's cold cream. Cold cream. There's an alarm clock. They're like, great, we got it. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> So then two days later, one of the roommates had been chatting with someone who worked for the Ohio State student newspaper. And it's called the Ohio State News Gazette Times Tribune. Yes. And they're like, do you mind if we do a story on Jeremy, your roommate? And he's like, sure, go for it. They run the article. It goes viral. The local news picks it up. We see them on the news. When Mark and his roommates moved into their new place off campus, it seemed just like any other college house that needed a bit more work. There was mold in our air conditioners. Uh, the walls and the floors were all dirty. And a couple weeks later, Brett is at a bar and he's just like talking to this guy. And he starts giving me details that were never specifically mentioned in the uh, news articles, like the fact that all of those cabinets had been opened in the first place. And I ask him how he knew that. And he tells me that it's because he lived in the house the year before. And he had actually kept the key from the house the year before and had intended on pranking everyone living in that house for who knows how long. And his first prank was to go into the house that night and open up all the cabinets. And so they were like, wait, 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 wait. We found the Frogger because of that stepbrother's prank you pulled on us. So we never would have found Jeremy if this random dude, he was like, yeah, I always thought that was funny. I wanted to like come and fuck with you guys because I still had the spare key. And Brett was like, huh, super, 
That's super funny. Yeah, that was great. It's great. What a piece of shit. Yeah. I hate pranks. I, I don't mean, like them. I love pranks. But Jeremy, Magical Jeremy, who was honestly really great at the guitar, was never identified. That is crazy. And he just like left. He's like, do you want your guitar? I didn't even get to play Wonderwall for you guys. Yeah, that was it. And the guys stayed living there. They're like, well, we're not going to leave this sick ass house. No. And now we got an extra bedroom. So now we're going to like charge rent and make money off the place. Y'all check your basements. Check your attics, check your closets, check your crawl spaces, check on your soda. <laughs> check on your soda. It's nine o'clock. Do you have all your soda? <laughs> say something funny. Well, okay. Normally we do say something funny here, mm-hmm. but I just want to take one minute to honor a very dear friend of ours who is also a DB, but more than a DB. She was a very good friend and a supporter of ours for many years. Many years. And that is Miss Karen Barrett, who sadly passed last night. She loved Broadway. She loved music. She was just a rad person. She always supported us. She showed up at every event. Every concert. Everything. And just filled with love. And so I just want to take a minute to honor her because she was the downest of bitches. She really was. And she was a down bitch this whole time. She had cancer for 20 years. Yeah. On and off. I never really knew her not sick. And she never complained. No. She always had a smile. She always had something to look forward to. Always supported everything we did. And that included Broadway. And then it carried on over to our podcast career and she was a very very sweet down bitch and so in honor of Karen today I would like everyone to just do just a little random act of kindness for a DB who is no longer with us just anything even if you just like give a nice compliment to somebody or whatever that means to you in honor of Karen we love you we love you Karen she was my friend for 13 years and just lovely Karen I know you're at peace now we both know you're at peace now and we love you so fucking much Love you, Joey. Love you too, yo. Oh, down bitches, we love you so much. And Frogger, we got one more episode of Frogger. Please follow us on social media. We are at I Think Not Pod all over. We are also on our Facebook group. We just celebrated our very first Small Business Saturday on our Facebook group that we will be doing every month. And I just got my first work of art from one of our down bitches, Katie. It's upstairs. I'll show it to you when we get out of here. So join our Facebook group. We have a lot of stuff that we want to do with our community in the coming months. We want to do some charity stuff around the holidays. We want to get all of your feedback. This community is for you. And that Facebook group is called the I Think Not Pod Facebook Discussion Group. You can also find us on all social media platforms at I Think Not Pod. You can find me on Instagram at It's Joey Taranto and Ellen at Ellen Marsh, Ellen with a Y, on Instagram. And if you're looking for some more true crime, check out me and Rabia on Rabia and Ellen Solve the Case. And also, if you didn't catch up with Love is Blind, me and Daisy Egan did a little limited series called Shut the Fuck Up, Nick Lachey, and you can find that at our good friend's Grab Bag Collab. And if you're looking for my nudes, you can hit me up on Grinder. <laughs> we love you, DBs. I'm not on Grinder. We love y'all, and I love you, Yellen. Love Marsh. you, Joey. And we love you, Karen. Bye. 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 Whenever Crystal Lipsy. In the half bathroom, they find a cup with a toothbrush. A toothbrush? A toothbrush. Uh, I, I didn't have time for the TH. No. A toothbrush. <laughs> Listen, how many teeth you got, too? You got a toothbrush? <laughs> Does he need a toothbrush? Nah, he's only got two teeth. Just give him a toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking stupid. Your cousin Blukey. I know. Mama, you see my toothbrush? (laughs) 
You should have seen this girl's bodily dimensions. I honk my horn just to get her attention. She said, was that for me? I said, yeah. She said, why? I said, come on and dig a rod with the hell of a guy. So this is when we find out that the Hamley. The Hamley. <laughs> you got it, baby. You got it. Come on. Dorothy Hamley. How do I know you're not sick? You could be some deranged lunatic. I said, come on, toots. My name is a prince. Besides, would a lunatic drive a Porsche like this? She agreed we were on our way. She was looking very fly, so was I must say. You, why are you looking at me like that? Because I don't know nary a lyric to what you're singing.